to the Cinema Rack, where we celebrate the greatest and worst in Hollywood films and their most self-indulgent narcissistic actors, directors, and producers. Here, we will laud and malign Hollywood's seedier elements with levity and humor. They love cinema as much as anyone does. They've been talking about it for over 30 years. Time to get trashy. Here's Gregory and May. Hello everybody, this is Gregory and welcome back to another episode of The Cinema Rag. Today we're going to continue this series Sexy Saturday and talk about Kira Knightley. Kira Knightley, I, I find to be very amazing because she's still only in her upper 30s. She's 37 years old and she's been around forever. She has been around forever and it just seems like she's been around longer than her age. Kind of like Britney Spears. Britney Spears has been around forever and they're roughly around the same age. But Karen Knightley almost embodies my ideal woman. I've talked about it with Amanda Seyfried. I'll talk about it with Blake Lively and some others. But Karen Knightley, to me, has this just, just classic beauty. Classic beauty. And she's got that lithe figure, very skinny, very small breast, pale. I mean, this is everything I like in, in a woman. I know it's strange, but everyone's got different tastes. Look, I, I live in, in an area of the United States that doesn't have a, a lot of women that look like this. And I look, I have friends that have different tastes. I have a friend in particular who likes overweight Hispanic women, right? So everybody just has their own unique taste. But I think, in general, Kira Knightley is considered to be quite beautiful. Maybe it's not everybody's taste. Maybe somebody likes somebody with a little more back, a little more of the... Uh, base as Megan Trainer would say but either way I think peak peak Karen Knightley would be Pirates of the Caribbean right Love Actually she kind of gets her break that's a good year for her 2003 because she does both of those and the iconic the guy from Walking Dead what's his name Andrew Lincoln is doing the little cue cards saying that he loves her, but of course she's married to, is it Idris Elba? I can't remember who's the the black actor who she's married to in that movie, but that's kind of an iconic scene. So she broke on the scene with that in Pirates of the Caribbean, and then you then probably for some people her most iconic role is Elizabeth Bennet in Pride and Prejudice, the 2005 one. I find that movie to be good. I I find it to be good. She got an Academy Award for that, and. It's funny to watch that now because the guy who plays Darcy, Matthew McFadden, is in Succession. And he plays kind of this beta dweeb in Succession. But it's interesting to see that he plays Darcy in Pride and Prejudice. So she does that. And then she continues the Pirates of the Caribbean movies with Johnny Depp and Orlando Bloom. Atonement, 2007. That is a movie that I find to be, of course, very depressing. That's the one with Saoirse Ronan. It's very young. It's based on a, on a novel. Very young, and she misconstrues things and assumes that McAvoy's character sexually assaulted her older sister, played by Keira Knightley, and then that breaks up the whole relationship. And then you see kind of in her world, in Saoirse Ronan's world, that um, that they're trying to get back together, but you find at the end that they both had died. <laughs> both McAvoy and Keira Knightley. So it is kind of a depressing uh, movie. Around the time she does Silk as well, which is a movie where she lives in Asia with her husband. It's a fine movie. 
And then the later she goes in her, her career, she does less movies and probably less mainstream movies. When you when you look at her IMDB, aside from the Pirates movies, it's pretty much just indies. It's pretty much just indies. Like her whole life, it's kind of like what we talked about with Michelle Williams, kind of like the American equivalent of Keira Knightley. I don't know if they're of equal talent. I think Michelle Williams actually has more Academy Award nominations. But they both have this, I stay away from mainstream films. And I don't know if she got a poor taste from doing that and maybe doing Domino and King Arthur in her early movies. But if you look after Pirates, you look at The Duchess. I've seen that. That's an indie movie. She plays an 18th century duchess. Never Let Me Go indie small film dangerous method she's great as the patient of sigmund freud and carl jung she's great in that seeking a friend for the end of the world in karenina not a big fan of that movie but i think she's great in that begin again i actually like begin again that's where she plays an aspiring singer and mark ruffalo plays the other kind of down and out agent who finds her discovers her and it's the whole process of her trying to get big adam levine's her on and off again boyfriend in that but you take that away then it's imitation game she gets her second nomination and then collateral beauty and that was a flop colette not that well received and then uh, that's pretty much it 2021 she does charlotte and silent night and then she's doing an upcoming movie called the boston strangler which is probably about the boston strangler either way this isn't really about her filmography this is more about just her beauty i think her beauty is timeless she has the beauty that I kind of like as well. And one of the things I really like about her, in addition to that, is she lives a very private life. At one point, she was dating Mr. Fifty Shades, Jamie Dornan, the Irishman, early on. But uh, she's been with the same guy for most of the last, for about the last 10, 15 years. And not like a well-known man, not a famous man or anything like that, just a regular guy. And they have two children together. So it's, again, it's just quiet. She married a guy by the name of James, a musician, James Wrighton. And uh, he's on a band called the Kalaxons. I've never heard of it. But they have two children, and they live in uh, just kind of rural England, just kind of out of the way, and uh, they just kind of live a very quiet life. And as I talked about with Amanda Seyfried's episode, I just like Michelle Williams too. I just like it when celebrities don't live in Hollywood and they just kind of have their own independent life. I find that to be refreshing because I, I, to me, it's like a, a a glimpse into their their character and their integrity that I don't need to live in Hollywood and sell out to Hollywood and make a lot of money from endorsements and kind of live that that hedonistic Hollywood life. They want to leave it and get away from it, and I think that's great. Let's take a quick break. I wanted to let you know about the other feeds that we have here at the Eclectico Gregorio channel. We have the Awakened Man, which has been around since the spring of 2017, which mostly focuses on having men and women reach their full potential by knowing about toxins in the food, big pharma cover-ups, and ways to biohack your life. 
We also have the Female Holistic Health Apothecary, which is a channel that originally started as an essential oils channel. And there's about 65 essential oils that are broken down over there. And then more recently, about two years ago, I just pivoted and made it more about female holistic health and naturopathic health because I'm a big proponent of let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. And lastly, we have the Confessions of an Obese Child feed, which I started in January 2017, which chronicles what it's like to be an overweight child. I was an overweight child and I lost over 100 pounds and kept it off for 30 plus years. So it's a channel, like if you have disordered eating or had a dysfunctional childhood, how to deal with that, how to how to function with that, and also discusses and I interview various people that have a similar background of dysfunctional childhood, binge eating, binge drinking, and how to deal with that. And there's a lot of great interviews over there. So those are the three other feeds at the Eclectico Gregorio channel. Now let's get back to the show. Regarding her desire to stay away from Hollywood, she's been very candid about having some mental health problems. She talked about way back in 2006. So you think this is when she's still quite young? She's probably 16, 20, 21 years old here. She wanted to take off from traveling, and she revealed in 2018 that she had a mental breakdown around that age and that she was later diagnosed with PTSD. And it was difficult for her to adjust to the rise of stardom. Because you think about it, you know, she did Bend It Like Beckham. That was like her first big movie. And then from there, she's in Love Actually, which is a gigantic romantic comedy. She had a small role in it, but well-received, well-known. That increased her, her fame, her fledgling fame. And then she's in the Pirates movies. And we, we kind of look back at them now as there's been too many of them and Johnny Depp should never do one again. But you remember the first one with Jeffrey Rush and... And Orlando Bloom, I mean, it was gigantic. Those movies were gigantic. So everyone was just kind of begotten by her beauty. Kind of like when Catherine Zeta-Jones did Mask of Zorro, which was only about five years earlier. Like, who is this stunning, beautiful woman? The same thing that happened with Keira Knightley. And Keira Knightley was very young, very young when she uh, broke out. She was 18 when she did Pirates. I mean, you think you think about that, just like the mind-boggling youth and how she it's difficult for her to handle that, understandably so. So when you think about it, by the time in 2006, she's like, yeah, I'm 22, I'm kind of burnt out. It's certainly understandable that she would have problems adjusting and that uh, it makes complete sense that she and her husband would want to live from Hollywood because it kind of reminds me of one of the ABBA singers. I can't remember if it was... I think it was like Neetha, the blonde, who had panic attacks. Like she, they got so famous. And you kind of see this played on Abba the Musical, the one that takes place in um, Australia. Abba the Movie, I should say. Where it's essentially a reporter following him around to try to get an interview. But she had problems just doing interviews, going out in public. It was just the fame was too much for her in particular. And uh, it was very difficult for her. So I could see the Karen Knightley doing the same thing. And then you just notice... You just notice after, I mean, really, after Atonement, she's not doing that many roles. If you look, she's in maybe six, seven movies in the last 12 years. And some of that, she started to have children. She had her first child in 2015 and 2019, second one in 2019. So that, that would explain some of her, her dearth and her, her filmography. But either way, Karen Knightley, still a stunning beauty. Still looks beautiful. Just the high cheekbones, the the decolletage, the just the the slender figure, just the classic timeless beauty. When I look at young Knightley, 
it kind of like when she was from in Pirates of the Caribbean it kind of reminds me a little of Lily James when Lily James was young it also kind of reminds me of the girl from 1923 uh, the, the girl from uh, that that uh, television show that I did in Sexy Saturday number one but either way big fan of Karen Knightley I admire her work I think she's a talented actress and I think she is a timeless stunning beauty guys if you appreciate my content there's two links in the episode notes, one's for PayPal if you want to make a donation to help defray the cost of hosting this on the server. And the other one is for the website where you can access all the different feeds of the Collectico Gregorio series. Until next time, take care. God bless and pray. Thanks for listening to The Cinema Rag. Please post an honest review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Check out the episode notes to visit our website and to make a donation. Lastly, follow the rag today. Until next time.